activate the view screen and turn on your universal translators because it is time for another Galactic Netcast. Brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The It's Thursday, August 22nd, 2013, and welcome to another Galactic Netcast. This is the Time Traveling Robots in Space number 61 from Waterloo, Iowa. I'm Dave Nelson. Joining me as always is Anessa Moines from Denton, Texas, and filling in for Mr. Paul Swickard. Joining us tonight all the way from Wausau, Wisconsin, from the Alien Invasion podcast, Mr. Brad Ludwig. How are you guys? Doing good. Well. How are you? Good. Um, we just got done recording this week's Alien Invasion. We did. So we're and all, jumped right into this, Yeah, so we're all, we're all warmed Bam. up. We're all stretched. We're all stretched out, ready to go. More podcasts. Hopefully nothing tears. <laughs> I did break in the last episode, so... Yeah. Oh, my Achilles! Oh, boy! I was thinking Achilles. That's That might be something that could break or tear. It would be interesting for that to happen during a podcast. I'd have to strenuous, ask you were doing. Strenuous podcasting. Happened to a friend of mine while he was playing kickball. Said it sounded like a shotgun blast. Ooh, ow. That hurts yeah, just hearing about it. Yeah, a friend of mine said that when it happened, it felt like she got kicked in the leg. Ooh. And luckily she was really drunk. <laughs> we were in New Orleans uh, walking across Canal Street back to our hotel and these guys had like passed us up and they were a good 15, 20 feet in front of us when she turned to me and she's like, ow, did somebody kick me? Like, nobody's around you to kick you, Val. She's like, God, it feels like someone kicked me. That's when it's hard. Could she still walk? Yeah, is she... Kind of could, like, she hobbled around. <laughs> she had a brace that she was supposed to wear, and she wasn't wearing it when it happened. Oh, for something else? So, no, because it had stretched, I guess, and was already starting to tear. Oh, okay. okay. And so she was supposed to be wearing this brace, and at some point during the day, she decided to take it off. And we had been walking around doing haunted tours and stuff of the... French Quarter, and yeah, just wow. That the doctor told her that's when it tore, and I'm like, well, it's a good thing you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> She's already juiced up. She's already, uh, <laughs> yeah, I could just imagine if she had been sober and that happened, how much more pain she would have, yeah, like really felt. All right, so, so this, yeah, anyway, all right, uh, on that note, uh, let's introduce the show. This is the uh, podcast where we discuss all things time travel, robots, and space-related in science fiction and science fact. We uh, run down a story from the news from each topic, and then we uh, run down our picks, our entertainment picks, and the question. We ask and answer the question of the week. If you want to watch us do this show live, uh, we do it. uh, We stream it over Google Plus Hangouts and onto YouTube, and it's at galacticnetcasts.com slash live, or watch it later. Watch it uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash galacticnetcasts, and of course, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, 
or Google Plus to find out when and all that kind of stuff so you uh, won't miss us live because sometimes it's funner live to watch us and do us watch it watch us do it live all right so <laughs> any questions there Brad you're filling in you're a guest host do you know what you're doing here it's been a while but I think I do okay all right so if you're if you think you're ready let's uh Let's just do do this thing, uh, starting with this here. Sector one, time travel. All right, and you got the first story, newbie. <laughs> that I do. Uh, Boundless Pictures has optioned the script for Timeless, written by Zombie Diaries uh, trilogy writer-director Michael Bartlett. Uh, the story is set in London in a dystopian future where a hitman is fatally addicted to a street drug that allows him to time travel. He works for a crime boss who makes him perform hits throughout time in hopes of traveling back to right one of the wrongs that haunts him, his inability to save the life of his first love. Addiction alters inner perceptions, influences the mind, and plays interesting games with memory. Discovering Michael's script uh, brings that interior struggle to life with pulse-pounding action, says Boundless co-founder Courtney Lauren Penn. Pulse pounding. And we will have a link to the actual HollywoodReporter.com story uh, for more details. And I'm guessing that the Hollywood Reporter story is going to be full of, like, they're represented by blah, 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 and this he's going to be <laughs> Yeah, they're like the producer's best friend, yeah. cousin, the gaffer. Yeah. It's very um, <laughs> No, actually, Hollywood. I'm looking at the story, and uh, it's nothing like that... Uh, like oh. that at all. Wow, okay. That's a first. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so what's it say? Anything? Any other interesting details? Uh, sadly, no. I am not uh, seeing anything else here, but I do want to take a look and see if there is anything else. I'm checking out quietearth.com. Oh, shh, shh, shh. Um. Quiet. What? <laughs> this sounds like a very interesting story. I mean, um, anytime there's time travel, it's interesting. But when there is, once when, when somebody's trying to right a wrong, that always makes for problems with the uh, with paradoxes, paradoxes. It does, and the Time Crimes movie is a perfect example of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> time travel gone wrong. Yeah, like, stay put. And he's like, okay, totally not going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, though. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to the remake of that. Um, I'm just trying to look for any little detail of what I want to talk about further in this story. I'm not seeing anything else except uh, everybody else is saying, hey, Hollywood Reporter says. <laughs> yeah, and that's really frustrating because yeah. no one else yeah. has any extra info. I'm guessing that this is embellish. this is brand new. Like if, if they're just now, it's now being optioned, right? Is that, this, is that the word they used? Yes. Optioned. Yeah. They've but optioned the script. It means that they're in the very early going. I mean... Because option, like when a when a movie studio options a book, that means they're just take they're getting the rights to the story, and that's it. There's, there's no script written yet. There's no nothing's prepared to film. It's just the very very early stages. 
Well, I can tell you that the Zombie Diaries was a 2007 film, uh, an indie horror uh, that was produced by Kevin Gates and uh, done by uh, uh, Michael Bartlett. Um, trying to see if I can get some more details on that do you particular think, film. Do you think Michael Bartlett is related to Tommy Bartlett's? Tommy Bartlett as from Tommy Bartlett's circus? Robot world? No. <laughs> Boo. And unless you're from Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. you'll have no idea yeah. who Tommy Bartlett yeah, is. You, you yeah, won't. I've got no idea. There's no shame in that. Yeah, I'm just really, reading about zombie diaries. <laughs> there, there really isn't. Um, it's got 4.1 stars on IMDb. Yeah, it looks like it was a well-received indie film. Um, on a side note, on a, on a side note, just I'm throwing this out there. When do you think the zombie craze will be over with? The zombie, you know, because we went through a vampire phase, right? Now we're going through a zombie phase. Do you think that's going to end anytime soon? It will. Um, <clears throat> I had a, a friend that had a, a theory about this. Vampires really kind of kicked in with popularity in the late 80s. Um, kind of the height of 80s culture. There's a lot of, you know, Dallas money. You know, there's a lot of focus on being wealthy and beautiful and so on and so forth forever. Do you think do so? You, that do lent you, itself do you think very Lo well to. Do you think Lost Boys was one of the first? Do you think that kicked it off? Maybe. Okay, continue the theory. I want to hear more. Yeah, uh, so... It lent then, itself to... It lent itself to that whole f mindset of being young and beautiful and wealthy forever, um, which is kind of the vampire shtick. And now we've got all the problems in the world that we have right now. Things seem pretty dismal and dark. <laughs> Nobody's getting along. Uh, we hear news about disease and famine and, and death you know, all over the world now, uh, terrorist attacks and so on and so forth, and things seem pretty bleak. And that kind of lends itself more to the zombie scenario. Okay. So I think it's really kind of where society is at at the time, which is where more the focus is, okay. I think, for mythos. Uh, you know, what's, what's the most popular? So until things start turning around, zombies ain't going anywhere. Yeah, that would be – that's my theory. To bring it back around again, I think we should do a zombie time travel film. That would be, that'd be cool. Let's mash up some, some genres. Mm, wasn't there a zombie time travel film? Ooh. Or isn't there supposed to be one? We talked about one on this show. Wasn't it like did it? Wasn't it? It took place like supposed back, to go back to like the Civil War. Civil or War, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they didn't. <laughs> but I'm talking about the zombies doing the time traveling. Oh, see, so they'd have to like time travel by accident. Yeah, they would. They'd have to stumble stumble into a portal or something like that. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, and they would. could mess up history. They could cause a paradox. Hollywood, make it happen. Yes. <laughs> this is gold. A zombie play. Unfortunately, we've now put it in a, out in a public forum, so we're going to be out any cash that this yeah. is going to 
you know. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. <sighs> so we can ask people nicely if you are going to move forward with this project, remember us, yeah. please. <laughs> There's all kinds of possibilities because this it could be a sequel to a zombie film, right? At the very end of the zombie film, this portal opens in the middle of wherever, and a couple of zombies stumble through. 28 days before. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Let's do it. Because that Sorry, could totally that mess up history. Right into my head. Because like, then, like, they come back to modern day, and it's just it's all zombies because they infected the world earlier. You know. Well, there wouldn't really be a world, I would think, depending yeah. on at what point in time they went back. Unless people survived and they figured out how to a way to overcome them. Yeah, it could be a scenario like in Fido. Where they live in gated cities or towns. Speaking of historical zombies, I'm reading uh, Deck Z. Uh, it's a alternate history, what actually happened on the Titanic. Oh. And it involves zombies. Oh, wow. That sounds interesting. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for that. Thanks for that report. You're welcome. <laughs> It's, that's a pre and zombies time traveling like, robots in space yeah. with zombies. Yeah. Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with throwing in different genres once in a while. Hey. Yeah, you know. it's all good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, time travel. I think that's pretty much all we got to say about that. Zombie time traveling film. That's got to get made. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now. It's got to get made. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. If you have an opinion on that. We want to know whether it's about that or anything else that we're going to talk about. Look into your crystal bore, ball. Bore? Whatever. <laughs> uh, if you have an opinion on anything, any feedback on what we're about to talk about or what we have talked about so far, uh, leave it at the voicemail number, 805-328-3966. You can also email us, galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Google Plus and comment there or go to contact.galacticnetcasts.com. We also have, you know, we've got too many ways of getting a hold of us. Just uh, go to galacticnetcasts.com and uh, go from there. All right. Moving on to our next portion, which is this. Anessa, this sounds interesting. The headline does, at least. Yes, meet Dirk, the homeless robot. Oh, poor guy. Poor Dirk. Uh, While robots are often pictured with shiny metallic surfaces and futuristic looks, a robot from Holland might be about to change Taiwanese people's perceptions of the machine. Dirk, the homeless robot, a moving android with the appearance of a tramp, wears a shabby coat, cap, and glasses, and pushes a shopping trolley. Or cart, if you live in the States. Um, The bearded robot is currently wandering the streets of Taiwan as part of a techno art exhibition held by the National Taiwan Museum of Fine Arts. It is able to detect and move towards crowds and interact with people, as well as play country music on accordion. Oh, that's According to the Ministry of Culture. (laughs) 
because homeless people play country music. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dirk is one of the technology artworks on display as part of the 2013 International Techno Art Exhibition, which also showcases 20 other artworks from 16 countries at the museum in Taichung, central Taiwan. The robot has already been seen on the streets of Taipei's Xinyi district on Tuesday. It is also scheduled to stroll around areas near the Taipei main station and the city's Saimending area and Longshan Temple Thursday. The next day, it will roam the Anping Old Street and the Confucian Temple areas of southern Taiwan's Tainan before returning to Taichung and making its appearance there Saturday, the ministry said. The artwork aims to create an interaction and communication between robots and humans, according to the ministry. I have an issue with this. He's not a real homeless... Ro- oh, hang on. Brad has pictures up on his screen. Yeah, here's a picture of, of Dirk, if you're watching the video show, um, the video portion of this show. Uh, Dirk is... He's definitely wearing an overcoat. Yep. He's got a beard. He's got a kind of a floppy hat. Uh, he does have a box in his uh, his cart that he's pushing. Uh, his name is actually on a bag, which is on a red bag in white letters, uh, kind of stuck to the front of the shopping cart. And he's just he's wandering through a populated. It looks like an interior. Looks like an airport, um, actually. Yeah, it kind of does. It actually looks airport like it might be a, a mall or something or like that. Mall. Food court. Uh, looks like he's walking by a coffee shop. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, really, you can't really see his face, and that might be part of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got like these thick, kind of gray tires. It's not like a a grocery cart with the flimsy wheels. This, these actually have really durable wheels yeah. on them. I'm sure they have so. to, and I'm sure all the electronics is like in that box that runs. Yeah, you know. Yep. I'd imagine. So. Actually, it, if you look. Out the front, it almost looks like it has the the openings for like a cello. I wonder if that's where the music comes oh, out. Yeah. Think, oh yeah, you think? Yep, yep. You're probably right. You're probably right. So I have an issue with this. He's not really homeless because there's people operating him. If he's if he if you wanted a homeless robot, you just let it go. You just let it let it roam willy nilly without any supervision and see what happens. No. They have like public transportation, and <laughs> they're on an island. <laughs> Just bloop right to the water. That or wait, is this this is where Taipei, uh, Taiwan, 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 Taiwan? Yeah, is that the is that the island one? There's Taiwan, the one on the coast or the peninsula. Um, no, they are an island. Okay, all right. I was oh, getting yeah. hon- I was getting Hong Kong and, Ta- and Taiwan confused. Yeah, they're off. Uh, actually, Hong Kong is. Um, that's part west of west. It's part of, of the Taiwan. Main, it's part of the mainland a, too, right? Hong Kong. Yeah, is, yeah. And Taiwan would you really want just off that? Would you really want a robot just wandering around? Sure, why not? It'd be interesting social. It seems experiment. like a bad idea. I've seen Terminator. You don't want that. <laughs> well, he's not going to be like carrying a weapon or like he's playing music. Have you seen this boy? 
Who's <laughs> only playing is the drums. Do 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 do. Yes. <laughs> That'd be perfect. It, yeah, no country music, just that same drum beat. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, no, I I prefer oh him the way God. he is. <laughs> yeah, I think we're well on our way to the uh, to Robo-pocalypse. the Robo Apocalypse. The singularity, the singularity is coming. Uh, there was a story last week before when you guys were down in Texas knitting blankets. Um, there was a story that <laughs> I wanted to have on this podcast, and I thought it was true at first. And this is the second time this has happened to me in a week. I found a story that I thought was real, turned out to be fake, and this one was about this robot that actually um, had a personality. It was it was a fake story, and I wanted it to be on the podcast, but then Paul was like, "No, it's fake." I'm like, "Okay, never mind." Burst my because it, it, it was written like a real story, and I thought it was it looked like a real website, a science website, but it turned out to be fake. So, Boo. yeah, I was like, yes, it's finally here. The singularity's finally come. <laughs> and then Paul's just like, yeah, wet blanket with your bubble. Yeah. All right. Uh, any, any final thoughts in this story? Uh, any final thoughts about Dirk? I don't know how fast he moves. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he shuffles like a homeless person does. That would be my guess. Because I think all homeless people shuffle, right? Every day he's shuffling. <laughs> well, actually, I'm kind of wondering if if he's walking around everywhere, if he's actually shuffling, if that would wear things down. Yeah, that's you, you true. know, yeah. if he's wearing um, he's wearing shoes. Yeah. Would that cause more problems if he was shuffling? And backing up a second, I, I'm not making fun of homeless people, okay? So don't don't write in with your complaints. I, I, <laughs> it's a serious problem. I have a lot. I have all the sympathy in the world for homeless people and their plight. I was just saying, t- t- uh, stereotypical homeless people shuffle. Okay, moving on. Or just maybe old person. Well, then you're like insulting the old people. Yeah. Like some old people shuffle with their walkers. You're going with the movie, <laughs> movie-based stereotype yes. of homeless people yes. shuffling through through a movie. I've seen yes. plenty of homeless people in my real life that weren't shuffling, so we're good. Fine, <laughs> fine and dandy. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah, is that it? Yes. Okay. Before we move on to um, space... Let's talk about um, one of our sponsors of the Time Traveling Robots in Space. Audible.com. Are you into the audiobooks? This is just a facetious, facetious question. You don't have to answer unless you want to answer. A facetious question? Fac- uh, or a... Okay. I used the wrong word. Hypothetical? Hypothetical question. Thank you. Well, <laughs> what, a faci- what would a facetious question be? be like... I, I keep thinking of like more sarcasm in the question. Um, oh, do you like audiobooks? Huh? <laughs> uh, it would be more like your your homeless uh, backpedal that you did there, treating serious issues with deliberate, inappropriate humor. Flip it. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. All right. 
All right. So, um, no, I don't want to piss off Audible because they are a sponsor of the show. So I'm going to ask this question. You two do not have to answer unless you want to. Do you like to listen to audiobooks? Yes. Perhaps you still think of audiobooks as being books on tape from like the 1980s and 90s. Perhaps. Play along with me, please. Play along. I remember. Sure, why not? I remember long car rides uh, as a child to the grandparents' cottage, and we had the tape deck, and we would listen to stuff on cassette, books, okay. whatever. Okay. This this is this is miles above that. This is this is this is light years beyond it. This is. Yeah, I didn't get to do the audiobook okay. thing. We listened to cassette tapes of music, and I. Talk to random truckers on the CB radio. Oh, fun! <laughs> hey, good buddy. What's your? So there's like this little five-year-old kid on the CB radio. Okay, we have to ask. What was your? What was your call sign? Oh God, I don't even remember. <laughs> it's like 25, 27 years ago. Wow. Okay. Please tell me it was like empanada or something. <laughs> it should have been. We'll just say it was. Because it could have been for all I know. <laughs> all right. So, Anessa, so anyway, you, can't re- you can't relate to that. Brad can. I can. Audiobooks on tape were a thing back in the 80s and 90s. So this is this is modern age audiobooks, okay? Uh, audible.com is an app. You download it to your phone. You download it to your tablet. You can, list, you can use it on the internet, okay? And then you download books. You, you subscribe to Audible. Then you, you get, like, whatever plan you go with is the, the amount of books that you get per month. I believe the gold plan is one book per month. That's the cheapest one. Uh, a lot of people, that's, that's fine. So what you do is you pick out a book, you download it to your device, you listen to it that way. And they are giving you a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And along with that, we always make a suggestion on the show. And our recommendation this week is The Wages of the Moment, a jukebox story by Dean Wesley Smith. All right. Very, very short synopsis here. Uh, When Stout, that's his name, when Stout watches himself appear and disappear a bunch of times right in front of his own jukebox, he knows his time machine needs some repair. And in doing so, he finally gets to meet the inventors of the jukebox. But first, he must deal with himself in more ways than one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Brad looks very confused. He's like, what the hell's going on? What, what just happened? I don't know. So uh, that's our recommendation this week. That's our pick for audible.com. You can go with that one or any one for free. You get one free audiobook with that 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. And we thank Audible for their support of the time traveling. Traveling, yes. Traveling robots in space. All right, let's move on. And I'm very excited about this story. Um, Official plot blurb and cast details revealed for Christopher Nolan's sci-fi film Interstellar. This looks awesome. I I feel like that 
Bah, should have been played like right then. Oh, that that was on pre-show. Could have yeah. wait for Nolan. Say, say it one more time. Who me? Yes. Okay. The headline. Official plot blurb and cast details for Christopher Nolan's sci-fi film Interstellar. Yes. <laughs> Interstellar, <laughs> the new film from Christopher Nolan. <laughs> on the pre-show, we were messing with the soundboard on the Google Plus Hangout, and I I said that that's a sound that's been used in every single like science fiction or action thriller movie coming out for the past five years, ever since Inception. <laughs> And I'm not wrong either. You watch like a bunch of trailers, oh, yes. and you'll hear it all the time. Yep. Yeah. Or variations of it. Anyways, back to the story. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Stop it. I'm done now. Okay. So, principal photography on Christopher Nolan's Interstellar has begun in Canada. Um, in short, this means that shooting of the film has started with the cast and crew on set. The cast includes, and this is a huge cast. Holy cow. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Jessica Chastain, or Chastain. John Lithgow, and many, many others. Uh, so the story of Interstellar is based on an idea by Nolan that was originally written by his brother, Jonathan, back when uh, Steven Spielberg was tied in to direct. The official plot blurb states that the movie chronicles the adventures of a group of explorers who make use of a newly discovered wormhole to surpass the limitations of human space travel and conquer the vast distances involved in an interstellar voyage. Interstellar is due to hit cinemas on November 7th, 2014. That's next year, my friends. Next year. That's pretty quick. Although late next year so it's more than it's more than a year away but sounds pretty exciting doesn't it it does huge cast yeah, I'm looking a little bit further at the uh, the story to get some more details um, they're going to be using 35 mil uh, and IMAX film to f- do the photography sweet so they're kind of doing it old school uh, a little bit yeah, well, there's definitely going to be an IMAX release of it, it looks like. Okay. Um, but just, it's the yeah, story it's idea is so interesting, though, right? Because they found this wormhole, and that will take them to other parts of the galaxy, you know? For things they're not prepared for, you know? Bum, bum, bum. It makes me think of uh, Farscape. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's very familiar, very reminiscent of Farscape. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he got the idea from Farscape. Maybe that, without even knowing well, it. Wormholes aren't a new concept. I think that. I think Einstein theorized. Yeah, he was the something along one. those lines. Yeah. So yeah. Of course, the most famous use of wormholes, um, Deep Space Nine, perhaps. That was the first regular use of a wormhole in science fiction. TV science fiction. And the movie Black Hole. Yeah, I think the, you're right. The movie Black Hole from the 70s. Yeah. 
God, that ending to that. I loved it. I actually kind of enjoy that movie. Yeah. I, I have fond memories of it as a child. I saw it as a double feature at uh, back when we had a, a drive-in, drive-in theater in Wausau, in yeah. the Wausau area. I saw it as a double feature. Food of the Gods was the first movie, which is a um, a chemical gets kind of leaked out and animals start growing to monumental sizes and terrorizing humans and then the black hole was played after that <laughs> i can't imagine how bad that first mil- movie was did they use normal yeah. animals did, but they just made the humans look smaller yeah yeah <laughs> and then the end of the film was you know all these large animals died and they're laying out in the open and you know, all this runoff, you see this going into like the rivers and then these cows are drinking out of the rivers and they're giving milk and you see these children drinking the milk and you're left kind of wondering, okay, now these, you know, people are going to get enlarged. The chemical is going to get into everybody. So, yeah. hmm. but we'll never know. No, we won't because yeah. we're talking about wormholes and uh, <laughs> the black hole at the end of that. That was a very trippy ending. I forget. The, the I, the I forgot what it, it's been. I don't think I've seen that film since I was a kid, so I don't remember exactly how it went. But I do remember there was a lot of promotion around it. Like it was like a hyped up movie, big time. And it lost so much money. The amount of money that they spent making the miniature of the of the ship, because it's an actual, honest to god miniature. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent oodles of money and it went way over budget and they lost big on the black hole hmm. that's too bad sad actually all right um, i feel like i'm bringing the show down i apologize yeah. Vanessa looks like she's falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> i'm just listening just chilling she's got the best chair of all of us it's just uh it's like a regular lounge did you sit in that chair when you were there brad mm-hmm. he did how's how did it feel it's as soft and as comfortable as you can imagine it to be. All right. Good to know. We have a first-hand report other than Anessa. <laughs> because we don't believe her at all. No. No. She's a, li- <laughs> she's, she's a lying She's a lying liar. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> no, I don't know. She's not. She's not. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's it for uh, time traveling robots and space. Uh, let's move on to our picks. Before we do, though, let's thank our other sponsor, Stitcher Smart Radio. It's the smarter way to listen to radio. It's an app that you put on your device, such as, I'll give you two examples, my Hisense uh, Pro tablet right here and my uh, newly rooted and installed Cyanogen Mod uh, Galaxy S3, which, by the way, is so much faster now. It's incredibly fast. Um, but not to get off topic, uh, you, can, you can put the Stitcher app on almost any device, including your desktop, including, um, I think you can put, put it on the Nook if you have just a Nook, like a, um, a fancier Nook. I believe uh, Blackberries, Windows Phone. We think we're not really sure. Uh, you know what? Let's find out. Let's find that out right now. Do a quick Google search. Which it's not sticker, it's Stitcher, and it's not. There's a T, there's a T in there. 
I'm just going to look real quick to see if the Stitcher app is available for Windows Phone. Um, give me one second here. I'd be kind of surprised if it wasn't. Although it is Windows Phone and isn't quite as yeah, I mean, popular. Yeah, Windows Phone doesn't have nearly the same amount of apps. Like, uh, for example, Instagram's not on Stitcher, or they don't have a YouTube app. Or, I mean, on Windows Phone 7, Windows Phone. I don't see Yeah, it. which... It says, um, available for the iPhone, iPad, Android, Kindle Fire. And that's all I see right now. I'm sure there's other ways to get it, but... You know, if you don't have uh, if you don't have a compatible device, you can listen to Stitcher on your browser, and it's a great way to listen to podcasts because you don't necessarily have to download them. You can just stream them off the internet. You have the choice of downloading them. You can do that as well. Plus, the really really cool smart station feature, which uh, Stitcher kind of looks at what you're already listening to and bases uh, other content on that and suggests it to you. So uh, if you want to try it, go to stitcher.com slash galacticnetcasts and then enter the promo code galacticnetcasts. Again, stitcher.com slash galacticnetcasts and the promo code galacticnetcasts. All right. Picks time, guys. Are you ready to uh, introduce, to present your picks for the week? I suppose you had to quickly get one there, Brad, because you... This is a last-minute uh, change in, in lineup here. Yes, and I have to uh, thank Anessa for a quick recommendation for me to uh, to check out and, and have ready for the show. So I'm guessing it's a short <laughs> film on YouTube. It's a short film, Dave. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, it's one that I came across, and I'm like, it's got a robot in it. You should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so you watched? Had, did you watch it between the two podcasts or before the first podcast? Yes. No, between the two okay. podcasts. Okay. So I had 15 minutes to squeeze in an eight-minute uh, film and uh, and be ready to go. So okay, what is it? It is called Amp, and it is a uh, short film from Triton Films. Um, I'm trying to I thought I had another window open that had Triton Films. There we go. Uh, yeah, Triton Films and Triton Films has made a, a number of shorts. They've done uh, looks like they've done some ad work too. So um, they're no strangers to that type of thing. But it is a like I said, it's a just a, a shade over eight minutes, and it's the story of a man and his robot in a. I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, post-apocalyptic type world. There's a war going on, um, and uh, you find out a little bit more about the world and why there's a war. Well, not so much why there's a war, but at least who started it. And uh, AMP, which the short is named, is uh, the name of this gentleman's robot sidekick. Um, Why are robots always the sidekicks and never the main person? There should be a robot main person and then a human sidekick. I'm not sure we're quite ready for the <laughs> suspension of disbelief of that quite yet. Okay, I'm just suggesting it. I'm just saying there's yeah. a there's a div- there's a uh, un- un- uh, I don't know. Go ahead. 
Continue. I, I think I know where you're going with it, and, and yeah, I can see that. Um, when, looking at the robot, have you ever seen the GLaDOS character from the series of games? Uh, oh, Portal. good God, Portal. Thank you. In the Portal game, so it's got like a large sort of an eye, and it's got like shutters off to the side sort of a look to kind of reduce the amount of input or protect the eye. Okay. That's kind of what you're seeing with, with this. It's a cycloptic robot that is kind of beefy in shape. Uh, it, it's uh, bipedal, um, has very large feet, large hands, and it is designed to kind of be the the muscles of the operation, and the guy is the brains of the operation. By operation, I mean in order for them to keep AMP powered with um, these special battery, um, they're running cons, and he needs muscle as backup. And so he's kind of like the thief with the heart of gold. He's doing it to, to keep his, his sidekick going. And he is approached by someone that he knows, um, the main character is approached by someone that he knows that needs information uh, about something that she, uh, an informational cube that she has received that has the very important information that they need decoded. And they need the details from it to proceed with the war and try to win the war. Was this, so. was this live action or animated? It is live action, uh, but the robot is 3D rendered, and it is rotoscoped into the film. So it's believable. Okay. Uh, it's a very well-done animated robot, and uh, the lighting and everything looks natural. Um, you'd almost swear that they had made some kind of robot and put it in there. Okay. So... Could this be? Could this be a feature film? I mean, if it's is it feature film quality? Just shy, I'd okay. say it's just shy of that. Um, be good for TV. It would be great for TV. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, the uh, the actors are are pretty good, uh, but the effects are are spectacular, and uh, it 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 works. It works very well. I highly recommend. We're going to have a link to the. Uh, the YouTube video version of the video uh, for people to check out, and I highly recommend. It's eight minutes and twelve seconds. It's time well spent if you watch it. Okay, all right, good pick. Thank you, thank you both of you. Thanks, Anessa, yes. for suggesting. Thank you, Anessa. Too Brad. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, I've got a very unusual pick, and this is the second unusual pick I've had since we uh, restarted Time Traveling Robots in Space. The other one was a. Uh, Exhibit museum, yeah, museum. Yeah. This one is a meteorolog- uh, a an event, <laughs> an event that happens what once a year, Anessa. Well, the Perseid meteor showers happen once a year, but there's meteor showers that go on like all year round. Okay, all right, but I'm going to talk about the Perseid meteor shower in particular, which was a couple weeks ago. Uh, the actual. The annual meteor shower, uh, of course, created by bits of leftover comet, um, and it had its peak viewing last, not, see, we were supposed to do this show last week, so two, or a week ago Sunday, so a week from last 
this last Sunday. Say like a week and a half ago ish. Yeah. yeah, a week and a half ago. So if you were like me and only caught a couple of the meteors, um, and or didn't check it out at all in person, there are some great webs or some great uh, videos I found of the actual shower themselves. There is um, a time lapse video from CNN taken in Hawaii. And then there's another one that I found shot from the Joshua Tree National Park in California. Um, And in case you don't know how the meteors work, there are tiny fragments of ice and dust that strikes the Earth's atmosphere and burn up. And I'm told, or I I heard that they're very small, right, Anessa? It depends. Um, Because you have, like, the comet that goes... I guess orbits around the sun, it makes its round, and it leaves this little debris field. And so once a year, we travel through this debris field. Um, and yeah, it's most likely going to be primarily little flecks of like sand and dust, like really small, but there might be slightly larger chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes during, well, not just during meteor showers, but you'll see like a meteor go across the sky. And you'll see it break up into two, you know, two or three pieces, which means it was probably something a bit larger than just your grain of sand or fleck of dust. Mm-hmm. So it can be different sizes, especially um, with all the stuff that's floating out in space. So, and you can usually tell whether it's actually from that particular meteor shower or not because it basically it's the um, constellation in which the uh, meteors appear to radiate from. So the constellation of Perseus is where these meteors appear to originate from. Okay. And if they're traveling towards or like at a different angle than where Perseus is, if they're going towards Perseus, they're Perseid, ah, Perseus, then they're not part of the actual shower. They're just a random fleck of dust or rock or whatever floating out. Because meteors happen all the time. Yeah, they happen all the time. Um, Usually you can't really see them, though, because they're really faint, and most people are in heavily populated areas where there's a lot of light pollution. But if you go out into the country, you need a lot of peaches. (laughs) I knew knew somebody was going to say it. (laughs) I, I, I had to. I blame Brad for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you go out away from the city uh, into a more rural setting, then you'll more likely be able to see more of the meteors. And some of them, you know, like they're just like really faint streaks of light and others can be really bright. And then if you're lucky, you'll see one that kind of breaks up into a couple of pieces. So it's it's a pretty neat event to, to actually go out and see but you'll see more like I, I read or I heard that this this year, this year's Perseid was more intense than previous years. Do you know right? What? And it just happens on, I guess, where we are in the debris field, and um, I don't know which comet it is that left the debris behind. Okay. Off the top of my head. Okay. So I think we learned a lot tonight on this show. Well, there you go. Thank you. Now, I saw one. I saw one um, meteor as part of Perseids, and it was like brilliant. It was just like it almost startled me a little bit. You know, I thought it was a mm-hmm. firework at first. 
You know, I thought somebody was shooting. Yeah, off Yeah, because a lot of them. Well, not a lot, but some of them have kind of that vibe when you shoot off a firework and you see that bright streak of light. Yeah. Like it's gonna go poof. Yeah. <laughs> And it freaked me out. I'm like, oh my god, that's cool. And I couldn't drag myself away because I, you know, I'd been out there for a little bit, and I kept on waiting to see more, but I none came. So I just saw the one. But it was it was worth it. Um, if you didn't see any, uh, we'll, or didn't see enough, we'll post those videos um, in the show notes of this podcast. Ooh, and the other thing is during some of the more well-known meteor showers, like the Perseids or Leonids or Geminids. Um, some observatories will actually have a live stream just pointed up at the sky. So if it's cloudy where you are and you really want to watch for meteors, then they at least have a camera pointed up. And once in a while you can see something, but usually I just see like a bunch of black. Yeah. So There's something magical, though, about being outside and seeing one in person. There is, but sometimes the weather doesn't really yeah. permit or you live so. in a huge metropolitan area and you can't get out and actually see one yeah and you can see all of five stars yeah <laughs> at a time so all right so that's my pick uh rounding us out tonight it's anessa what do you have surprise it's a short film <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that um but it actually stars Paul Rubin. So Pee Wee Herman is in this one. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, in the near future, a neurologist and two homicide detectives use experimental brain taping technology to question a murder victim about his final moments. Which is kind of interesting. So um, Paul Rubin plays the role of Bennett. I can't think of the last name because they always just call him Bennett. And um, he's got two PhDs in neurology and some other neuroscience. And he's working with Carl Brandt to basically save their memories onto like a hard drive. And Carl is up late one evening and he's plugged in and he's kind of doing his thing and... When he plugs in, I guess he like lost consciousness for a bit, and he came to, and then he was like writing down his experiences as far as what happened that night, and it felt a little different than normal. I don't know how it's supposed to usually feel, but he felt nothing that time. And so he's down there in what could be like a workroom or basement or something, just working on stuff, and he ends up getting murdered while he's still connected to this machine but he doesn't have any real memory of actually being murdered Mm -hmm. so they're trying to get this information out of him without like it's weird like they're trying not to break the news to him his digital consciousness oh that he's actually even though it's supposed to be like well it's just supposed to be his memories in this machine so there's like this hologram of of Carl talking about, you know, what had happened and whatnot as far as, like, his evening goes. And, um, yeah, it it's kind of interesting, the the way that they did it. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. So I think it might have been 15 minutes long, maybe. But I okay. recommend watching it. I don't want to give too much away. Okay. No, it sounds like a very fascinating cerebral movie. Or film, short film. 
Right. So awesome, and we'll uh, we'll put that uh, link in the show notes, of course, where you can watch it. Yeah, Paul like, Rubens. Wow, that's pretty. Yeah, awesome. they got Paul Rubin to play Bennett, and he's in the interrogation room. Of course, they put this thing in the inter- interrogation room to interview this hard drive with Carl's memories on it. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I recommend giving it a watch. I enjoyed it. Okay, cool. Well, good picks, guys. Um, let's move on to the question of the week. Are you two ready? I think so. Okay. Brad, I need you to do something first. Can, can you play the bugle from the soundboard? All right. Is that is that appropriate enough, or do, could we use something else? Is there something else we could use? <laughs> I like how it has a mariachi vibe to it. <laughs> All right. That's the sad. That's the sad trombone, right? Yes. Yeah. We should say, "Hey, it's time for the question of the week." Yay! All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming out tonight. Here is the question of the week. If you could replace one body part with something robotic, which would it be? What would it be? What part on your body? (laughs) You know what it would be. But you wouldn't feel anything, so what's the point? It would be my legs. Oh, okay. Oh. (laughs) So you could run really fast, and you'd sound like this. Da, 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 da. Uh, it's been a while since I've heard that. I'm, I'm hoping it wouldn't sound like that every time that I did that. No, I think it would be really cool if, if you had the ability to to jump long distances. You know, say you could jump three stories up. Or if you fell out of a building, if you had legs that could, you know, absorb that level of shock and not kill you if you fell. You know, like I said, three stories. Um, maybe speed enhanced speed for running I think that'd be kind of cool okay I can see that Nessa which, I'd go legs what body part do you want it replaced Vanessa um can I have to go with eyes oh that was my answer <laughs> Damn it. I'm really tired of wearing glasses I was going to say the same thing too <laughs> it's like stupid vision surprise yeah like thinking about it it would either be I would probably go with eyes, either that or maybe hearing. Okay, one of your senses then. Yeah, like one of my senses, as opposed to an actual body part. I mean, I would probably benefit from getting new legs. <laughs> so, but yeah, I would go with eyes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. So I was thinking, since you took eyes... I was thinking, okay, legs would be, or arms would be nice because I'd have super strength. But then I thought, my final thought was, well, how about the heart? Because that way I could live a really, really long time if I replace my heart. Well, your heart would definitely keep everything going and you, like, I guess, um, it could be repaired easier. Yeah. Or replaced. But it wouldn't really stop But aging. you're still going to have... Well, your heart will outlast your body. Mm-hmm. 
because there's going to be a lot of wear on your body because after years and years and years of use, your body just kind of starts to fall apart. Okay. All right. So, so. I'm going to change my answer. Change my answer to my brain. Because that way I could live forever. Put my brain in somebody else's like a robotic body. And my, my consciousness. Would you still would, have your consciousness though? Yeah, or just your memories? That's true. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Arm. I'm going gonna... to have really awesome teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with arm then. One of my arms. <laughs> I'm going to be Luke Skywalker at the end of. Uh, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, there you go. I like the idea of like robotic limbs because they add strength and ability, and maybe you could have like a little screwdriver come out when you need to fix oh, things. Oh, Inspector and... Gadget <laughs> style. Yeah, I could totally be like Inspector Gadget. Yeah. <laughs> and would go, you have to get your leg screwdriver? Would you have to get your legs rotated every fifty thousand miles, <laughs> or how would that work? <laughs> That's the only question I have. Yeah. Well, we'll find out someday when you get your legs replaced by robotic limbs, Brad. This, this is what I should have done after I said that. Or you might have to get your legs rotated every 50,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank uh, you, Google Hangouts. You kill me. Okay. So that's the question of the week. If you have an answer, if you'd like to give us your answer, uh, we would love your feedback. The voicemail, if you'd like to verbally tell us. 805-328-3966, 805-328-3966. You can also use that number as a text message number. And, of course, data rates may apply. You can email galacticnetcasts at gmail.com, galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. And subscribe, please. You can subscribe to our mega feed, which gets you all of the Galactic Netcast shows. Or you can subscribe individually to Time Traveling Robots in Space, either on um, Stitcher or through iTunes. If you're going through the iTunes route, make sure that you uh, rate, give us five stars, and give us a uh, positive review if you like what you heard tonight. Heard? Heard tonight. <laughs> I heard all the things. Yes. <laughs> so that's going to be it. Um, good job filling in for Paul there, Brad. Thank you. He has big shoes to fill, but you filled yes, them well. And uh, that's going to be it. So uh, let's do final thoughts here, guys. Anessa, you're going first this time. Aww. <laughs> um. See, I you never prepare for this, do you? No, and I was thinking since Paul wasn't here that I would just close with his line. No. That's Brad. Brad gets to close with his his line. Well, fine. <laughs> um, empanada over and out. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. Good job. Breaker one nine. Breaker one nine. <laughs> oh, going back to the CB conversation. Okay. Yes. Okay, got it. All right. Roger that. It's a little bit late. I'm tired. All right. Brad Paul. Uh, be excellent to each other. Is that and all? also, if you get the chance, see The World's End, which is a alien invasion and robot movie. And then listen to our next podcast, because we might be talking about those, that movie. Absolutely. 
All right. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night and goodbye. Good night. Leave your hailing frequencies open and scanners on full because another Galactic Netcast will be approaching your coordinates soon. For more information, go to galacticnetcasts.com.